0: The end of October is always a welcome sight for me. October is the month of postseason baseball, so by the end of the month, I'm always bleary-eyed from having stayed up late into the evening to make sure I don't miss those last bits of baseball action before the offseason begins, and I have to wait till the end of winter for it to start up again. This year's postseason was particularly exciting because it came down to two very well-matched teams in the World Series, The former Montreal Expos, now the Washington Nationals, a franchise that had never before played in the World Series, and the Houston Houston Astros, a team that at the beginning of this decade were were known unlovingly as the Lastros for their poor, poor performance in yearly last place finishes, but have now become a powerhouse team. And so on Thursday night, after 162 games in the regular season, another 20 postseason games, it all came down to the end of a best-of-seven series, tied at three games apiece, that final winner-take-all seventh game. Exciting stuff, if you like baseball. Spoiler alert, the Washington Nationals won, baseball is done for the year, and I can now return to a normal sleeping schedule again. But it would probably... Surprise no one who knows me well that my thoughts have thus recently been turned towards baseball. And on this feast day of all saints, that has proven to infiltrate my sermon once again, and for that I apologize. But it began with the recognition, as I was watching these final games of baseball for the year, that there are very few fields, very few industries, very few professions that don't acknowledge and reward excellence. Whether it's sports, literature, music, science, economics, stage performance, or even religion, as this feast day reminds us, the practice of our faith. We really look and seek excellence. And we have household names that stand for that excellence. Nobel Prize winners like Albert Einstein and Malala Yousafzai. Organizations like Doctors Without Borders have also won that prize. Hall of Famers across all sports, like Wayne Gretzky, or Babe Ruth, or Joe Montana. We celebrate authors like Margaret Atwood, Salman Rushdie, with prizes like the Booker Prize. The Grammys have the Irish band U2, the Oscars have Catherine Hepburn, and the Golden Raspberries, the opposite of the Oscars, which award cinematic excellence in the field of not being at all excellent, they can get Sylvester Stallone. It takes a lot to win these awards and accolades. It requires being the best at what they do. It requires going above and beyond what would simply be enough. And we have our saints the unfading crown of glory that is awarded to saints like Francis of Assisi, Teresa of Avila, Thomas Aquinas, and Mary Magdalene, each held up as examples of excellence in their practice of the Christian faith. Thursday night, just as Game 7 of the World Series was going into the bottom of the ninth, the last frame of the evening, the Washington Nationals were winning 6-2. to two. The bats were out of their hands— they'd had their last chance to score any runs in the game. Unlike hockey and basketball and football, where right up to the last second of the game you can get control of the ball and score points, in baseball only one team can score at a time. With the Astros, a very strong offensive team, taking the bats for their last chance to score, in the bottom of the ninth, there was only one thing left for the Washington Nationals could do. They'd scored the last runs they were going to score. They could just hope that they'd done enough. Just hope they'd done enough for their lead to hold and for them to emerge on top. This feast day of all saints, believe it or not, can be a lot like that. Our practice of faith can be a lot like that. On this day, we celebrate and honor those martyrs, apostles, and holy people who are noted for their passion and dedication to serving Christ in days gone by long before our own. We reflect on how their faith in Christ serves as a model for our own present devotion, our own witness to faith in Jesus Christ. And on this All Saints Day, we also have the opportunity to look to the future, to look to to the work yet to be done in God's world, and to think about our part in that work as God's holy people in this age. But this is also one of those days that can have the accidental effect of making us feel like inferior Christians, wondering if we've really done enough to be counted as worthy as the saints we we honor today. I invite you to take a look at the graphic on the front cover of this morning's leaflet, and you'll see there the kinds of saints that this day honors in these five people of deep faith. I'm going to take you through who these five individuals are on the front cover. First, we have St. Peter, symbolized by the fish, marking his trade as a fisherman. And the key that he holds in his hand is the key that he was promised in the Gospel of St. Matthew, as the keys to the gate of heaven. Peter's story is one that we know very well. The second Is saint catherine of alexandria sometimes called saint catherine of the wheel she was a young girl from the fourth century who became a christian at 14 years old and preached the gospel to others she was imprisoned and martyred at 18 years old and put to death on the breaking wheel which she holds in her hand in that image if anyone knows what the wrench symbolizes i'm open to suggestions the third one portrayed, um, you, you might be able to guess, holding the bird in his hand, is Saint Francis of Assisi, best known for preaching to birds and for founding the Order of Monks that we now call the Franciscans, founded in the year 1209. The fourth, with the hair from head to toe, is Saint Mary of Egypt, a fourth-century saint who lived, before her conversion to Christianity, a fairly what we would call a fairly liberated lifestyle until she had a conversion experience at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, whereupon she took a vow of chastity and poverty and lived the rest of her life in the desert in prayer. And the fifth, Saint Benedict, who is the sixth-century founder of twelve religious communities in Italy, and for whom the Benedictine order is named. Fun fact, the raven in this image is referring to a legend that a group of monks had wanted Benedict to be their abbot, but he knew they wouldn't agree theologically. They insisted, however, and he took up the post as abbot at the monastery. Things fell apart fairly quickly, though, as Benedict had expected they would, and the monks tried to poison him. Legend has it that they poisoned his bread one evening, but after he blessed the bread, a raven flew in, came and took the loaf away, sparing Benedict's life. So there we have it. A teenager who was martyred for her evangelism, a woman who devoted her life to isolation and prayer, two monks who founded now centuries-old religious communities, and St. Peter himself. I mean, have we really done enough? Suddenly, setting up the chairs for coffee hours seems a little paltry. In the presence of such angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, we may well wonder how we measure our rather meager offering of faith against those whom we regard as so excellent, such excellent examples of faith, those who clearly did enough. Fortunately, our second reading today offers us not only wisdom, but a recalibration of our own expectations on ourselves as we live out our days with faith in the risen Christ. St. Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, says, In Christ we have obtained an inheritance, so that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory. He goes on, In Christ you also were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, which is the pledge, the symbol, the mark, of our inheritance. In typical Pauline fashion, there's quite a little bit to unpack there, but what it boils down to is this, we have done enough. We have done enough to be counted worthy. In Christ, we have done enough because we have already been set apart as those who have set our hope on christ and earned the inheritance of eternal life that paul speaks of in christ we have done enough because we are measured worthy not by the number of saintly miracles we've performed the good deeds we've done the number of religious communities we have founded the number of oscars we've won the number of books we've written the number of home runs we've hit but by our worthiness as recipients of that seal and pledge of God's Spirit of grace upon us through our faith in Jesus Christ. In Christ, we have done enough because God has done the hard work for us through Christ. Let me say it again. In Christ, we have done enough because God has done the hard work for us through Christ. If you were to look again at that image on the front cover, you'll see the breaking wheel, the key to heaven, the shepherd's crook, the bird and the reeds of God's creation. For the saints depicted on that cover, those were the symbols of their faith, the symbols of their sainthood. So what then will be the symbols of our sainthood? Well, I keep saying we have done enough, but Paul does go on in his letter to offer this prayer and this advice to the Ephesians. He says, I pray that God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of the glorious inheritance of his saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe. On this All Saints Day, Paul reminds us that those are the symbols of our sainthood, not the need to prove our own obvious greatness and worth and holiness, but simply our hope, our faith, and our trust to know that in Christ we have already done enough to earn God's favor. The rest is just living out of the inheritance of that hope, living out of the joy of that hope and faith and eternal life which is the calling of saints and sinners alike. And so may our desire to live more deeply into that hope of our faith in Christ be a symbol of the sainthood in our own lives. May our generosity in sharing the riches of God's grace with others rather than storing it up for ourselves be a symbol of the sainthood that pours out the doors of this cathedral. And may our trust in God's immeasurable power, rather than our own power, may our trust in God's power to redeem and sanctify and transform, may that be a symbol of the sainthood that we share with all the company of saints. That should be enough. In the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.